This call is being recorded. This call is your SteelerFury.com podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brad Shada Ben. This is uh, season 10, episode three. That's what it is. And it's our uh, draft recap after the biggest holiday of the year. Actually, the biggest holiday of the year is three days long. It's still going on. And I have a feeling it's going to live uh, a little longer than three days because uh, the man with us just told me uh, about a treasure that's uh, something that came out of last night's draft. He is Steel Perch. How are you, sir? Well, my back's a little sore. I've been carrying around this framed life-size picture of my grandma all day. So uh, <laughs> bear bear with me if it, if my answers take a little longer than usual. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm glad he, I'm glad he has the grandma to to inspire him. And so, but that was that was like a, something out of Draft Day, the movie. That's why we podcast. Because <laughs> you That's why this. we do this. <laughs> you feel me? Well, okay. I'm not going to argue with that. It is why we do this, so that no one we we podcast on the you know on audio, so that no one can see the picture of our grandmothers that we carry around with us. That's what I was thinking you meant. That's why I'm laughing. All right, listen. Uh, we have just a shorty today, so uh, let's start with uh, the Steelers pick uh, at number thirty. Not not all that unexpected. Uh, you predicted it a couple of months ago. Uh, I've, I've been recently expecting them to do this for a few weeks. Uh, I thought maybe they would look at Marlon Humphrey, but since he was gone, uh, Watt was pretty much a sure thing for me. So what do you make of this pick at 130, TJ Watt, and what he'll do for the Steelers? It's very Steelers-like for sure. I mean, it's uh, you know a younger guy who's got a lot of upside, who checks all the boxes. They met with him, uh, you know, showed a lot of interest in him in the pre-draft process and his pro day and things like that. As far as the player goes, you know, he's he's got a lot of potential. Um, he's not a finished product quite yet. Some of the injury stuff scares me a little bit. I think he's more of a, a hustle, try-hard player than a guy who's got natural slippery edge moves. But he is a you know a plus athlete. He's a guy who, with you know, he's only really played one year of defense in college football. So that's that's one of the things that scares me. But he's got you know the genetics and the family history that says you know this guy's going to be. Uh, a hard worker and, and a good player and all that. So does he help much in year one, close the gap with the Patriots? Probably not. Year two, you know, maybe he has to, he's forced into takeover for Harrison then, and it's a, it's a good starter. But, you know, to me, I'm just like, <laughs> my thought process all along was the biggest thing they need is secondary help. I was I was trying to convince myself they would go safety and, and corner in some combination the first two rounds just to try and close the gap with – with some of the elite passing teams and and the struggles they have on defense. But yeah, Watt's a smart pick. He's a good player. He, he, he'll fit in well in Pittsburgh. I, I'm not mad at the pick. Uh, you know, I'm not doing backflips over it either. But I look at it this way. Uh, there were a lot of snaps last year in, in sometimes crucial situations where Jarvis Jones was on the field, um, he, either as a rush linebacker or frequently when they were in nickel or in prevent kind of defense. Uh, playing in this middle linebacker role. And it's the same kind of thing the way they used Watt at Wisconsin. And I just have to think you're better off having a TJ Watt. He might not be as strong against the run, but if you put him in situations where, you know, he's can simplify what he has to do, he has the athletic tools to be able to do some of that. I agree that he's not a straight out of the box, amazing pass rusher, um, but he definitely has the athleticism to do it. And, you know, even if even if you just pick up a few with a combination of hustle and speed, which he has, 
then uh, you're you're still better off than the guy we drafted last time. I mean, not not Dupree, but I mean, Jarvis Jones didn't even wasn't even able to pick up hustle sacks really. Yeah, that's that was the unfortunate thing to him was you know his motor was just so amazing in college that uh, in a lot of the plays he got he was either unblocked or beat a running back or it was you know a coverage sack where he you know hustled through the you know the scrum and and pulled somebody down but he just never clicked in the pros where Watt has got you know the plus of athleticism uh, in addition to uh, the hustle and then the work ethic and he'll be a, he'll be a fine player you know it's not some great big huge splash that. We're going to see some immediate improvement in the team in. So it's just, you know, it's a Steelers pick. It's kind of what we expected. Yep. I, I can't argue with any of that. And actually, it's probably a pick that will end up – I like it now, but it's a pick that I could end up really liking two or three years from now. Hard to say. Um, that's the way it is with their picks. Artie Burns, I know last year nobody was really that hot on him, but I'll tell you what, now with the, you know, about halfway through the season, I thought, wow, this is a great pick. So yeah, I, I agree with that too. Where at first I was like, boy, I kind of reached for him, but it was a position of need, and he's got the plus athleticism, and he's a good man, man-to-man cover corner, and yeah, you know, I could see it. Hopefully, it works out. And boy, you know, I thought it was going to take him a year or two before he got to be what he was going to be, and it was about half of a season, and he improved yeah. the defense. So one question I'll throw to you though: it's being leaked out there that San Francisco, starting in the twenties was begging to trade back up to get Reuben Foster. The pick the Steelers would have got would be the second pick in the second round. Was that number 34 overall and pick 111, which would be or the, you know, the second pick of the fourth round. Would you have taken that? I'm sitting here thinking, boy, what still may have been available, you know, down another three or four picks down the line. If not, look at Bowser, Bowser and yeah. Lawson and Rivers and Jordan Willis. They yep. definitely could have got a good edge rusher. And I don't know how they had them rated, but, you know, us, how we had them rated, were pretty similar. Right. You know, why pass on the 111th pick in the draft for Watt over Rivers or Watt over Lawson or Watt over yeah. Willis? I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's my question. Here's two things I'd say about that. One is probably you're right that, you know, even if you don't have Watt at, at the next pick, you you would still have a very similar player in Bowser who's also ascendant, who's also able to do a lot of different things for you and maybe even look a bit more natural as a pass rusher and in coverage. Um, but I, you know, I, it, the problem for me with that, with that scenario is I'm not sure that one, a pick at 111 does a lot for you. Like I'm, I'm already thinking that today is it would be a great day to have only two picks and uh, either, either to take one of those thirds and trade up, move up the second to get, the corner or the safety that you really want who's probably going to be gone at 62 or to take one of those uh, third rounders and, and if at all possible, trade it down, but trading it up is a, little, a lot easier because you're the one making the offer, um, you know, to go up. I just feel like there's a, there's going to be a real dead spot in this draft after 90 until about 120, where you're like, you know, these guys aren't too much of a reach at this point, but I prefer them to players that people are going to take in round the beginning of round four, so that's the only I reason just, I would I hesitate. I disagree on that somewhat because, to me, the meat of the draft and kind of on the offensive side of the ball falls right there, where we need, you know, a number two or number one tight end. We need a number two running back. We need a number three receiver. That's what's going to come from those picks in the 90s and the early 100s. Right. Well, what I'm saying is hopefully, you, yeah, hopefully they can have get, one. <laughs> you already have one of those picks, and you're going to take – a running back or a wide receiver. There's so many wide receivers with similar grade to me at that point. 
Uh, and even in running backs, it's cut sort of like a tick, choose your taste in terms of what kind of running back is available. But I don't know. I don't, I don't love, I don't, I'm not so in love with the tight ends at that point in the draft that I feel like you're really missing something by not taking one of them. I know you feel a little differently because you, you like Jordan Leggett, who's probably going to go at that point. But at any rate, I'm never, I'm always for a trade down and get an extra pick if you're smart about it. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I, I would, I would probably have done it just because I have Bowser and Watt very similarly graded, if not Bowser a little bit higher. So uh, I probably would have done that, but uh, you know, it's it's sort of like, uh, you know, I, I I know them, and they they had a guy that they actually liked. If they if they weren't that sold on T.J. Watt, I'm sure they would have considered the deal. But they just not like that in the first round. They do all this research, they put these guys on the board that are in play for them in round one, and then they go take one of them, and that's really what they do. Yeah, very rarely do they trade, you know, up, and almost never do they trade back. It's just they sit there with their 30 guys, and whatever the top-ranked guy comes, they're going to take, which I, I brought up the point on the board. If the Steelers had, say, the 20th pick in this draft, I think they still would have taken Watt. If you look at the guys who came off the board in those yeah. t- 10 picks before the Steelers pick, I don't know if they would have taken any of those guys over Watt. I think they had him rated, you know, that highly or – thought you know the the fit was that good for them so um you know well, it, it is what it is and i think that they had kind of zoned in on their guy and that's what they were going to take well let me ask you this my answer to that is why was colbert at the miami pro day i mean they they will tell you that they go to these certain pro days because there's a lot of talent there at that particular school but my my guess is that that joku and joku and peppers were both on their on their radar or else they wouldn't have showed up at the. Oh, I know, think the, I think we're going to find out in round two. There's two very good defensive backs, uh, you know, uh, but a cornerback and and a safety. The, they're going to come off the board. So you know, we'll see. We'll see why he was there, <laughs> but uh, we'll yeah, find indeed. out. Indeed. Any other uh, quick comments on the rest of the the first round, other than other than Takaris McKinney uh, McKinley's grandmother. She'll be. She's going to join the show right along with Akeem Talib's mom. Uh, yeah, she was kind of the star of the show, right? I mean, uh, but <laughs> pretty much. Uh, just just looking around the AFC North, um, you know, I, the Ravens I think went and reached maybe a little bit for a corner. They've got a pretty good secondary in place. You know, they're missing a second corner. Um, you know, I'm kind of okay with that pick. The did Browns. They, they, I mean, they, the, the Browns, Browns have got. Players? Did they get three players, or did they just trade out and get two? I, I missed. Really lost track of the Browns. They got Garrett yeah, they, and Garrett and Peppers. Did they get a third, or was that it? Najoku. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, they traded back up and grabbed him. You know, and they've got now two firsts and three seconds next year. If they're smart, they won't reach for a quarterback here or in free agency or make a trade. Just keep grabbing players. And next year, there are going to be some some better quarterbacks, I think, coming out in that class. And you know, unfortunately, they they're in pretty good position to grab one. So if I was if I was running the Browns, I'd go ahead and just load up on defense this year, lose a bunch of games because my offense sucks, and then get the quarterback next year. <laughs> you know, I think I might make a a really a really low ball offer for Teddy Bridgewater just for the hell of it because it doesn't seem like they're thinking they're. I mean, I I heard some rumors today that they even when he comes back that they're not thinking the job is his when he comes back that they they like what Bradford did for them. Uh, and I would think that that's a guy who has enough talent to, to, uh, you know, be more than respectable. Uh, but I agree with you that now, now they're in a position now that they missed out on all the quarterbacks this year or didn't want them or whatever. Uh, they're definitely in the great position for next year where as long as they're not too good, 
during this season, they'll probably be in really good position to get one of those top three quarterbacks next year, especially with all that ammunition to move up. Yeah, and then, you know, Cincinnati with John Ross, I mean, uh, put him across from A.J. Green really opens things up for those guys. I see why they made the pick. I understand the concerns about his frail, you know, uh, stature and, and uh, his, his injury history with his knees. But, I mean, I'm looking for them to go and grab, like, Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon or somebody today at the ninth pick overall, and all of a sudden that offense is very dynamic and very explosive. So when I had Cincinnati in the mock draft for, for our board, the same thing. What's the thing that they need to get over the hump? Every time they get to the playoffs, they can't score points. You know, yep. they can get a couple of dynamic offensive weapons, and I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, although one could argue that the reason that they're not dynamic in the playoffs is because they have a quarterback who's not really challenging – you know, exactly. defenses. So if you're not going to get a new quarterback, you can do all the rest of the stuff you want. It's not going to put you over the hump, but that's me. Uh, I, you know, it's a quarterback league as we know. Um, so I'm just going to say about this uh, round number two, who are the targets that you uh, both think are realistic to make it to 62 and uh, that you're interested in? Well, I mean, to me, the targets today are cornerback, safety, and tight end. Cornerback and safety, obviously, the highest. Uh, Quincy Wilson would be my dream guy to fall to uh, 62. I have my doubts if he goes that far. Um, King, I think, will be gone probably in the top 10 or 15 picks of the round. you got a woozy still out there. Sidney Jones with his injury his, uh, injury issue he's, he's got now. I don't know where he goes. And same with Fabian Moreau. I mean, he'd be a nice pick down there. Uh, Tankersley from Clemson. Those are kind of the guys you kind of look at in the second Brown maybe into the third. The Steelers seem to like Jordan Lewis is kind of a uh, maybe a slot corner. I think they might target him in the third. As far as safeties, I mean you've got Obi and Buddha. Uh, those two guys, I think they're probably going to be off the board before the Steelers pick, which leaves Josh Jones. Josh Jones, Marcus May, I think is one that, the, that they've got. Oh yeah, uh, a, lot of, but, a lot of interest but, in. But Marcus May uh, is he's he got invited to the the draft, didn't he? Well, they always do that. They bring in some guys that are going to be there on the second day. So they take, you know, most sure, of the guys I... who are invited come out off the first day, and then they always have a handful of guys that they think are second or third rounders just so they could announce them today. But Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I only I only meant that uh, still they probably were pretty sure he was going to go early in two. So the yeah, chances two of him or... being there late in two is, you know. Well, you've got Desmond King and Marcus Williams, too. I mean, either of those guys. I mean, look at the number of safeties I just – between Obi, Buddha, May, Josh Jones, Marcus Williams, Desmond King, 99% sure at least one of those guys falls. And, sure. if, you know, us reading between the tea leaves, we think the Steelers really want to get better defending the middle of the field, whether it's a third safety or a slot corner or a guy who can mix and match and do both. All those names we just went through kind of fit there. So sure. that, that safety talent probably gets picked over here uh, through round two where there's going to be a decent corner, I think, still there in round three. So maybe they go safety here, maybe Marcus May or Desmond King. I don't even know if they've shown any interest in him. But um, Marcus Williams, who knows? Josh Jones, I know that they love him. He's probably going to go off the board pretty quick, though. Uh, any of those guys here in round two and then in three, whatever the best corner remaining, and then the comp, uh, the comp pick. I like, you know, I like Leggett. Uh, Jake Butt, I think, would be a real good pick, too. So uh, yeah, that, would, to me, would be the ideal ideal day, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally respect that take. I just, you know, to me, look, I look at our tight end situation, and I think there's, you know, some talent there at the two and three. They need, they need a move tight end. They don't, they don't they, you know, if they're not going to get O.J. Howard or Heath Miller in round one, 
then they then they need a guy that's basically a glorified. I mean, he's a either a really big wide receiver type or a really agile, you know, seam threatening uh, tight end type. And it's kind of like you those guys that you're talking about there in in the you know end of three. I just feel like you're you're going to get a guy there that is that has some tools that but that isn't really that dynamic. I don't know. It sort of feels like you're. If you try to, it's that reminds me of the art of war. You know, the guy who tries to stop everything can't. You know, can't stop anything. So if you want a tight end that can do everything at that point of the draft, I don't think you're going to get a tight end that can do what you really need him to do, which is which is threaten that scene. You could see when Ladarius Green. You don't Green think Leggett plays, can? You don't. You don't think Leggett or Butt can I, can I mean, come into Pittsburgh and and displace Jesse James and put Jesse James in the role he belongs in, which is that Matt Spath number two tight end role. To me, yes, that's I, what they're looking for. Right, I mean, exactly. That's exactly what I think they're looking for. I just don't think those guys are that much better than than your free Jesse James. But they, you know, they they might be. You know, it's totally possible. I mean, I, I I'm I'm down for it. I, I you know me, I love the move tight end. I will I will I will take I will take Bucky Hodges. I would take Jordan Leggett. I would take Jake Butt. Uh, I would even take later guys like uh, that I haven't talked about that much, like you know Cole Tooney or. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else that I uh, don't have to kittle, you know, but I, I just, I kind of feel like that that's not really value there at the end of three, like the difference between those big conference guys who haven't really put it all together and may never put it together. And the sort of next tier down guys, meaning, you know, either not power five schools or FCS school guys that I think they can play. I think there's some talent there at that position. And it's a position that, doesn't seem to necessarily require you to have a lot of big conference production before you come into the NFL. There's, you know, a handful of guys who've been really successful in that role who have very little production before you get to the NFL at a high level. But anyway, that's just my take. Um, but I'm, you know, if we get ourselves a cornerback safety and tight end that we like, I'm not going to complain too much. Um, just uh, one thing I was going to say was, um, I, do you agree with me that, the Steelers are looking also to get bigger in the slot. Like, I think they would like to have a slot guy who has good, good enough movements. I mean, a, a big corner who has enough movement skills to play in the slot or a safety, same thing. I just feel like they're, they're going to add a corner who could do both slot and the outside, and they probably are not going to be inclined to take somebody who's only, you know, too small for the outside or not quick enough for the inside. Well, I think Sean Sean Davis is the wild card there. Where if they get somebody who can't do that, they use Davis who they think can. It's to me like Desmond King is pretty much the same player as Sean Davis last year, and maybe a little bit more polished, a little bit more you know better tape as a corner, maybe not quite as much experience as a safety. You know, having two of those guys, it's a bit redundant, but it you know there there's so much flexibility and versatility and things you can do with both of those guys. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what they're looking at. But they've they've shown a lot of interest in guys like Buddha Baker. So I don't think that they're just after the big guy. That you know they showed interest in Buddha or uh, Obi too. I mean, so they they're looking at all types. I think they just want to get better at defending the middle of the field because they're awful at at defending that. So whatever it takes, they, I think they'll they'll go for. Yeah, and I think it's where the NFL is headed. That you know those those throws are so much easier for the quarterback to get out of his hand. Um, so you know it it just it it definitely makes sense to that it's the evolution of the NFL. But you can just see that these guys like the Dion, the Dion Buchanans uh, of the world have a place in the NFL now that we didn't really understand that pick five years ago. Nobody could figure out where to put them on your defense. But 
now we're we're off looking for that guy, you know. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how today goes. Anyway, um, got to run, uh, but uh, it was uh, I don't know. It's it's exciting to be uh, to think about the possibilities, and now that it starts to shape together, that's the other thing. Is I don't. Here's a word of advice. My final word for Steelers fans is. You can't judge the draft by what happened last night at pick 130, you know, and you can't even judge pick 130 based on what happened last night. You have to see the whole weekend's worth of drafting and, uh, and see, what that, see what that gets you. And, you know, and it takes some time for it to all sort, sort itself out in terms of what you think about it, in terms of how they're going to play the guys and wh- who's going to line up where and who's going to play ahead of whom. So uh, I think it's, a, you know, it's really good to take this whole process with a grain of salt and not flip out. Uh, but for those who love the pick or hate the pick, you know, temper your expectations. Let's see how the weekend rolls. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you at some point tomorrow. But, uh, Persh, I'll give you the final thought. Uh, yeah, today I think is the day of the draft that defines how the 2017 draft shakes out for the Steelers. Yesterday they got one pick, and it was, you know, kind of a chalk pick. Uh, tomorrow is later round, guys. You just hope they can kind of stick and help out the team. Today they need to get two to three guys their impact players right away. They've got so many, you know, they're so close to a championship, but they've got a, a number of noticeable holes on the roster. They've got to get those fixed today. So uh, let's cross your fingers and hope we get uh, get what we need. Excellent. Well, I'm looking at like a Shaquille Griffin or Brian Allen or somebody to come in right away with some length. That would already make our team in a little toughness and tackle. That would really make our team better. And a safety, oh my God, it's just, I'm so, uh, I can't wait to have another safety. Anyway, okay, Perch, a pleasure. Uh, those of you who listen, thanks. And, and uh, we'll try again to do a little wrap up tomorrow as well and a preview for day three after tonight. Okay, Perch, enjoy the draft. Thank you, go guys. Okay, go visit. Cheers.